Well, a very warm welcome to a special edition of the Gambling Harm podcast. Special because we are looking back at 10 years of epic risk management. which has grown from a one-man band created by founder Paul Buck to the global organization that it is today. Now, we're not going to be welcoming any special guests to this particular podcast, but we're going to take this opportunity to pick out a few highlights from what has been an unforgettable decade, as Epic has sought to take the harm out of gambling. And one of the ways it's looked to do that is by targeting high-risk gambling sectors and utilizing the lived experience of people from within those sectors. So who better to set the scene than two men who struggled with gambling harm and indeed were the first members of the team, Paul Buck and Head of Delivery, Mark Potter. I had a decade-long uh, addiction between 2001 and 2011 uh, whilst working in financial services for Europe's largest bank. Um, and during that decade, you know, I transacted £4.8 million across 93 different vetting accounts, lost £1.3 million, of which £434,000 of it was the banks I worked for, not mine. Um, and it led to some pretty serious rock bottoms. And really, I was in a position where, you know, do you go and get a job? and do whatever you, you know, whatever job you can get? Or do you actually dedicate the next stage of your life to try and prevent this kind of thing happening to other people? And really that's where Epic came from. Epic being education, prevention, identification, control. And it was very much with the ethos of let's stop people getting to the edge of a cliff rather than letting them fall in the river and then dragging them out further along. Let's actually try and stop them in the first place. And it was very clear back in those days that nobody else was really doing that. There wasn't really a prevention focus. It was all about research and treatment. Um, so that's where it started back in 2013. And I was very lucky to win a couple of social grants from Unlimited and Big Issue Invest. And they put you in front of people like Boston Consulting Group and EY and Barclays Board and, and people like that. So really surrounding myself with great people as we were the first people who used lived experience um, as part of our proposition of people who've actually been there and suffered it. It's been an interesting uh, journey with that because obviously, you know, when it, when it was happening to me, you kind of think you're the first person this must have ever happened to, you know, and this will never happen to anyone else. It must be a real one-off. But, you know, I met Mark Potter, who's our head of delivery quite early on in the journey, Scott Davis and uh, Patrick Foster and a few others uh, quite early on. And every time you hear a new story, certainly back in the, old, in the, in the, in the early days of Epic, um, it was kind of a realization that this isn't only you that this is happening to. You know, it's happened to an awful lot of other people as, as well. And what, what becomes really clear is that everyone's story is different, but everyone's story is the same or has some similar elements. So, you know, they are, they are different. People have different triggers of why they started gambling, different journeys of why they started gambling, different triggers of why they relapsed at certain parts of, of, of the story. But, you know, no two stories are exactly the same. But then the sort of financial elements, the relationship elements, the criminal elements, the mental health elements within sport, the injury elements, the non-selection elements. And actually now, if you listen to all 24 stories that we've got within Epic around the world, you know, you can really see, oh, yeah, that's that's similar to that one. Oh, there is some links to that one. Even though they're fundamentally different stories in terms of the journey and the personal journey, there are different things. It's actually that research, it's that evaluation, and it's that reflection but starts to make you really see what caused these problems and so what can you integrate into prevention strategies to make sure that other people see this before before they get there so 
yeah, I think, you know, every story that anybody tells fills me with emotion, fills me with, with, with complete empathy. And, and, you know, the one thing I would say, you never, we never ever take it for granted that people are prepared to bear their souls with these stories because it's not an easy thing to do. You're showing your vulnerabilities, you're showing, you know, how this thing beat you and, and so on. But to go out there to try and prevent it happening to others, I think is a, an incredible thing to do day in, day out, which, you know, as I said, I'm very fortunate to have 23 other people who do that on a, on a daily basis. I've been at Epic nearly nine years now, and I first met Paul at a gambling in sport conference at Edgebaston Cricket Ground, and it was in 2014. And we both went there to share our experiences and to talk about the work that we either were doing or wanted to do. I was doing a little bit with the Rugby Players Association at the time because they'd funded my treatment and I was doing some things with them to help them better understand, I guess, gambling addiction and how it might be a risk to the players. And Paul was doing something similar and we met and from that we went for a coffee in St. Helens where we talked about all these mad ideas about how we could help people and how we could... I suppose, use our experiences for good. And 10 years later, nearly, here we are. It is a unique environment, Epic. It's very much, certainly not for me anyway, it's very much not a nine to five job. It's probably more a 24 seven job, if I'm honest. Um, but that's just because I love it. And what I'm able to do and how we're able to do that and provide impact and reduce harm is just amazing to think that you can provide that for people and we can help industries, organisations, sporting clubs to better understand what gambling harm is and how they can be impacted by it and how we can help mitigate that. And through that, it makes Epic a unique environment. No day is the same. I spend time in the office, I spend a lot of time traveling, I spend time at home. It, it, it's finding the balance between all of those things and recognizing that what you're doing is valuable. And I think that will always be the case here. Well, given where we've gone in the last 10 years, as I said, nine years ago, I met Paul for a coffee and it was the most insane conversation you could ever have because neither of us knew what it would look like, how it would evolve or whether it would work. But actually through getting involved firstly with the Rugby Players Association to provide education to the, their athletes and staff and through the feedback of that, we've been able to access more people with more programs and slowly but surely that's grown from just working in the UK to working across Europe, to working in America, and now to working in 30 countries where we work in sport, we work within the gambling industry, we do education delivery in, in schools and universities, and we work with a wide variety of clients and customers, all of whom want different things, but all whom fundamentally want to better understand how gambling harm can impact them. And I think we've done a great job of that in the 10 years. I think we've evolved a lot, so I don't see any reason why that won't continue to evolve and that will continue where we hope to grow to more countries, access more people, 
and through all of that are able to mitigate more harm because it isn't going away and it is becoming more important to do that. Now, one of the big breakthroughs came uh, for Epic with the signing of the first contract to provide education for professional athletes. And that contract was signed with the Rugby Players Association back in 2016. Now, that contract has gone on and existed over the years and now includes provision to the highest tier of the men's and the women's game, as well as the academy system. And a really good example of uh, the importance of this work was uh, earlier this year when Mark Potter went down to Gloucester Rugby just in the build-up to the Rugby World Cup to share his story. And after Mark sets the scene, the player development manager from the RPA, Emily Lord, and the general secretary, Christian Day, explain why for them this work is so important. And there's some reaction as well from Gloucester's Harry Elrington. We're at King's Home Gloucester today to educate the first team squad around gambling, the risks of the personal welfare, the integrity side of things, how to identify signs of harm in the teammates and colleagues and where to access support should they need it. We're in year three of the programme, so we're back round with the first team squads and also the Prem 15's women this year. So it's a busy one, we've got over 30 sessions to do, but we're doing a pretty good job up to now, we're into the meat of it already. I think it was a great session and I think that all players would have benefited from some form of capacity of the session. Um, there were some really key points on how it could actually affect you both personally and physiologically and therefore then performance on the pitch. Uh, we've got some senior academy boys which are quite new to this programme so I think it was integral for them but also then senior players which then can feed back any influences or any stories that they have on them also. The session today, what, what really hit home is like kind of the, the human story, you know, to hear someone tell their own story and some of the pitfalls that they experience, but not only that, but, but ways to avoid it. And there's a lot of messaging around, you know, how it affects your performance, how it affects your home life, which I think for, you know, for professional athletes, that, that is their life. So, so to hear that story firsthand, I think it's pretty powerful. And in terms of the World Cup coming up on the horizon, it's obviously a big landmark moment. So important to give the message to players, they can't gamble on any kind of rugby and not only that, they can't use inside information either. So it's a topic of information that's important for their career. And if they fall foul of it, they might end up losing their career. I've had quite a few talks with Epic now. You mentioned about alcohol and drugs, we get that quite a lot, but this is as equally as bad an addiction. So I think it's really important that boys are stressed that they, that they know the support is there if they need it. Sometimes when you get the things you're not meant to be doing and you just get told them, but when it's coming from a human who's actually been through like quite a traumatic experience, it actually brings it a lot home to you. So it was a really good session and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, obviously it was quite a moving story. I think the boys, yeah, were really engaged in it and really appreciated this time. Now, professional sport has played a key role in Epic's mission over the last 10 years, and football has accounted for a large proportion of the sessions delivered to elite sports stars across the world. And so finding the right people to narrate that message and share their stories has been a really important part of this journey. And a key recruit was former Wales under-21 international footballer Mark Williams. Now, Mark's career was affected badly 
by issues of addiction. But having found recovery, Mark is now combining a semi-professional career with his work for Epic. And he says that he could not be happier with the way this opportunity has panned out. So coming into five years of recovery now, and, and yeah, it's amazing what the power of talking and getting the support and something that I was so scared of for, for all them years because I was ashamed and embarrassed. And, and the day I, I got help was the day I transformed my life. Um, and it was difficult, uh, you know, getting, you know, showing people, uh, my family, obviously, that, that I'd let down and, and going through them, them you know, tough conversations, but to see what it's done when I when I fast forward five years, uh, I've got an amazing new partner who, you know, did I ever think I'd find, you know, love again with the bad reputation I had, I, I didn't. Um, so to have that support of, um, yeah, I guess when you meet someone and you're a former gambling addict, you don't think anyone would, would give you that trust. And so that means the world, you know, my family, my, my siblings have, have been really great and my parents, who have been there from day one and all the way through it, and they're still there supporting me and, and extremely proud. And, and I guess at the age of 15, my dream was was to be a professional footballer. At the age of 30, I just wanted to, to make my inner circle proud. And, and now with the work that I do, I guess I get to achieve that every day, which, you know, it is, is amazing. And, and, and I think it it makes me feel like I'm, I'm giving something back to to all the negative negativity around something that consumed my life. I, I, I think looking back now, I was extremely selfish without seeing how selfish I was. I didn't realize, you know, what type of person I was like to be around in the changing room. You know, I, I remember starting a fight with, with a lad just, and, and it wasn't like me, it was so out of character. You know, I was falling out with managers, storming off the training ground. Like I said, the way I spoke to my parents, friends, manipulating people um, and, and yeah looking back now I think my behavior really really impacted people and and, and impacted my reputation as well but the, that that's why like knowing what what when you are in addiction what it can do you know not only to yourself personally but what it can do to to people around you and, and on average they say six to ten to, to one gambler and and when you see it like that, you just think, wow, you know, th this addiction can really affect so many people. And, and I know lots of affected others who, who you know, w want nothing but the best for, for, to, to, for their partners to try and get help. And that's why so many people get in touch. It's not just, you know, gamblers that now get in touch. It's, it's people that have been affected by gambling. And, and yeah, I guess they, they know we, you know, from a personal point of view, I know you know what it feels like to, to upset people and let people down and and helping people now around that um yeah give something back because you, you you have a long damaging effect on a lot of people around you and and that's the work why i do what i do today because you know it's kind of i feel like i get to give something back um on something that obviously really consumed my life but really affected a lot of other people around me too Lovely Welshman, Mark Williams there. Now, partnerships with leading football clubs, leagues and governing bodies have seen us engage with a range of clubs across the world from Champions League through to non-league. And one of the most special projects that we were involved with was with the Chelsea FC 
uh, Foundation. Now, this was an opportunity for us to visit five schools in their local area to talk about the risk of gambling harm, but also discuss positive mental health. And this was with a, a teenage audience and former professional footballer. Uh, Scott Davis led one of those sessions for Epic at Chelsea Academy School. Scott takes up the story now uh, alongside Chelsea Under-18's Noah Hay and Chelsea FC Foundation's Johnny Drabble. So we're at Chelsea Academy today, uh, working with Chelsea Foundation, uh, obviously Epic Risk Management. We're at five different schools, uh, five different people from our company. Working with the scholars of the football club, um, I'll be telling my story about how gambling had an impact on my life. Obviously I can touch on football as well, having been a scholar at Reading myself. Raising awareness around mental health and wellbeing, um, getting people to talking about the problem and obviously just creating a safe environment for people to open up, to feel at home. Um, and sort of get conversations going. Um, I think it will be massively important, especially for younger people. If people like myself and then obviously the scholars start saying about problems that they might be facing in their lives um, and how we can combat those. Because obviously I'm not part of the school anymore and I left in year nine. Well, it's just nice to see things haven't really changed, but there's just different rooms. I remember I used to do um, ICT in this room, but um, this is the new LRC, the library. So it's really nice. It's good to be back going to talk about our routine and our journeys um, growing up through football and how we got into Chelsea and how we were um, awarded our scholars and also uh, about addictions and gambling and gaming and reaching out to people and talking. We've linked up with Epic today um, which has been great we've had their facilitators come in and discuss raise awareness around gambling sharing their stories as well as educating our young people on how to, to prevent getting into those habits and um, yeah kind of um, about looking after themselves and their well-being and from visiting two of the schools today it's gone down really well facilitators young people have gained a lot from it as well as our own staff and the, the foundation being able to link link in with all three so the foundation the academy and place at epic is really valuable for our young people in the schools to help kind of share everyone's expertise and, and real beneficial and something that we hope to continue in the, in the future it like really like touched me because I thought it was like really good on like how you can relate with someone that has done something gambling because I know people who have gambled so yeah it's helped a lot. It's good to know about these sort of issues so that we can take them into our future and see these issues and know how to deal with them. Pupils from Fulham Boys School there. Now, further afield, another young audience on the other side of the Atlantic uh, had come into focus for Epic over the past two years thanks to our relationship with the prestigious NCAA College Sports Network. Now, Epic have over the past two years engaged with students from many of the NCAA's division, advising them on their ever-changing wagering landscape. It's a situation where there's a lot of attention on sporting activity, but the athletes themselves are prohibited uh, from betting. Now, one of our early visits took us to uh, their leading Division I college, Clemson, which is in South Carolina, and their uh, assistant athletic director for football compliance, Henry Arcoletta, spoke glowingly of Mark Potter's visit and highlighted just how important this was for their student-athletes. Um, our scholar-athletes, I mean, I don't think have ever been that engaged in a compliance meeting, per se, before. 
yesterday with Mark, his experience, his story, I mean, they could see themselves in that um, scenario, you know, just that competitive spirit that they have. So um, I think it really spoke to them. Kind of a cautionary tale, if you will, of just, you know, how, you know, the perils of um, sports wagering, of gambling, how that can um, derail an athletics career. Just from sitting in the back and watching our guys, I mean, you could see them, you know, react to uh, Mark's story. I mean, every little piece. So I, I think they were very much, uh, engaged and we'll remember that for the rest of their lives honestly. I think our staff, um, you know, some of them who also played, um, you know, professionally, played in the league, um, I think, you know, whether it wasn't them, you know, they had teammates that, um, you know, also had those same pitfalls um, befall them. So um, I think it spoke to them as well. Gambling, sports wagering is something that the NCAA has always kind of emphasized, um, but that's exactly it. It's well-being, student-athlete well-being, and it's not just sports wagering that you need to focus on when you're a collegiate athlete, but also at the next level in, in sport um, when you become a professional. So I think that all of that, anything that's an out exterior risk that can affect them and their eligibility to play the sport they love and that can affect their family, um, and take them off the playing field, off the playing courts, the pool, whatever. You know, that's a that's a student athlete well-being issue. That's a that's a, a player well-being issue. So I think that really, I you know, was eye-opening to them um, that they can focus on from both a player development standpoint, from a compliance standpoint, but just a mitigation of risk standpoint for all athletes. Um, something that you just have to know the type of issues that can affect you from being a successful athlete and sports wagering, gambling, that is certainly one of them. So, um, you know, highly recommend, obviously, um, the services of Epic Risk Management, everything that you guys, um, you know, detailed to our scholar athletes. I mean, very, very compelling message. I think first and foremost, we're absolutely delighted to be able to come to a campus as prestigious as Clemson, and we're here to deliver some education and awareness programming to student athletes and staff around the dangers of both problematic gambling and sports betting integrity. We're speaking to all the athletic programs, including football, basketball, soccer, and all the Olympic sports. And we're also combining that with some sessions for staff, both compliance and coaches, around the dangers of problematic gambling and sports betting integrity. We hope to raise awareness of the risks I think in the current climate in the USA and the legalisation of sports wagering across many states, the increased risk that that has to student athletes and statistically they fall into a very high prevalence sector of vulnerability. So we're going to hopefully increase awareness, provide some education and provide some tools to help them navigate that going forward. We've got a, a long-standing partnership now with the NCAA where we hope to, over the next five years, educate up to 500,000 college athletes and staff. So to be able to come to somewhere like here and, and be able to do this in such a prestigious college is really great for us and hopefully that will allow us to be able to continue to expand our programme and get to as many colleges as we possibly can because we believe this is a really important message. The welcome we've had here has been amazing. We've visited several places, we've eaten, we've come to campus, and everywhere you turn and everywhere you see, Clemson Tigers seem to be everything. Um, everywhere we go, people are dressed up in Clemson gear, hats, hoodies, tops, and, and it's fantastic to see that the local community um, consider Clemson in such high regard.
Now, one of the regular faces of Epic's work in the United States has been the vice president of prevention, Dan Trollaro, who's visited many institutions across the country since he moved from the Council on Compulsive Gambling in New Jersey. Now, in the US, sports wagering has been legalized in the majority of states just in the last couple of years, which effectively heightens the need for Epic's prevention-based services. But as Dan explains, gambling has been woven into the fabric of U.S. culture for some time. Gambling is easy to find. You know, it, it's one of those things that occurs often where people don't even talk about it or think about it. It also occurs in areas where you would least expect it. And we know in the United States, schools love to use gambling as a way to raise funds for uh, projects, for uh, purposes specific to a school. They might have a poker night, they might have a bingo night. Uh, so gambling type activities help raise money. You know, Super Bowl boxes, March Madness pools to raise money for sporting clubs, for travel baseball teams, etc. But it also occurs in the back alley. It occurs in the bodega in the inner cities. It occurs in illegal cockfighting in the basement of certain cities. So gambling goes on all around. Gambling has been normalized for centuries over time. It's, it's woven into the fabric, it's woven into culture. It, it goes on in the living rooms of families around the holiday times, uh, depending on your culture and your upbringing. So one does not necessarily always need a legal venue or establishment or a legal way to access gambling. It could be learned behavior at home. And with the advent of technology, social media, YouTube, you can see what other people are doing so much easier today. And when that uh, potential video goes viral, so to speak, now all of a sudden everyone else wants to be that next viral sensation. And if it involves gambling, a person will oftentimes chase that feeling of trying to be the next big thing. And that can potentially be dangerous. I, I think, you know, as gambling expands in the United States, we, we know internet gambling in New Jersey was legalized in 2013, and we know PASPA was repealed in 2018 in the U.S., which effectively allowed each state to decide how to regulate, legislate, how and if they want to have sports betting legally operating within its borders. Uh, it's nice that states have their own unique rights because they can meet the specific needs of the citizens and the residents of the states in which they live. The trouble becomes that, that there's no national um, woven fabric of consistent policy, of marketing, of helpline numbers, of self-exclusion for people who might start experiencing harm. And so the concern as gambling expands around the country is the fact that we have younger and younger people seeing this normalized and having accessibility to gambling at an earlier age. I always think that gambling does occur, gambling problems occur along a spectrum, you know, and, and at Epic we do talk about the gambling spectrum. What we're doing is we're opening up the opportunity for people to gamble at an earlier age. And we know there's safeguards and age limits in place. You know, you have to be 18 to 21 depending on the type of game and depending on location in order to place bets. But our young adults, our emerging adults, our adolescents, our teens are getting exposed to gambling through gambling-like activities in video games. Games with loot boxes, prize packs, you know, cards. You're starting to normalize the spending of money and taking risk for some type of reward outcome in video games at a very early age. So once you normalize that to a young person, they're now comfortable and familiar with that process. Of course they're going to be comfortable at the age of 18 or 21 of putting a few dollars down risking something in order to hope in hopes of winning something where there's risk or uncertainty. And so the normalization, the accessibility, the marketing, which is a huge concern that we see, these are all areas that need to be explored 
and we need to have a balanced marketing approach, right? We have to show both sides of the coin in order to have a fair, um, equitable solution. Well, tackling gambling-related harm at source has been one of the main aims for Epic over the past 10 years, and it's seen us work with some of the world's leading gambling operators. Well, Kindred were the first global brand that Epic worked with, and it gave their staff the opportunity to interact with our lived experience guys to learn about early warning signs and try to prevent harm before it occurs. And uh, on a recent visit to uh, one of our uh, Interactions Masterclass, training sessions, their RG governance officer, Marique Park Cesare, noted how Epic's approach has aligned with their own approach to safer gambling. Working in safer gambling has given me a lot of job uh, satisfaction. I always enjoyed helping um, people in my previous jobs. Kindred, it all started in customer service when I helped people um, via chat or phone. And I would have conversations with them and I took a lot of time to listen uh, to some customers and help them as much as possible. Um, taking my time was maybe not exactly what the company liked a lot, um, but it was much appreciated by the customers. So even uh, RG became more and more important as time passed. So then it was more acceptable that time was taken to speak to these uh, customers. And uh, later in my role as RG analyst and now as governance officer for RG, um, I feel that through my work I can actually make a difference and achieve very positive results in the prevention of harmful gambling. So I have been working with Kindred for more than 11 years and progress has been huge and is ever ongoing. Uh, and I hope it will never stop. We are looking at so many uh, different aspects of gambling now and it especially with the help of, of uh, organizations like EPIC uh, that we have learned so much um, about gambling and the effects of addiction. Well, physical as well as digital interactions are all part of Epic's offering of advice, training and consultancy. And one of the latest sectors to come on board are land-based casinos following a successful pilot with the Hippodrome Casino in London, which has led to an ongoing agreement between Epic and the Hippodrome. And Sam Douglas, who's the director of their business services, highlights how he was keen, having seen what Epic were offering, to showcase our work to other casinos. We've loved having Epic here. It's been a really refreshing change to previous social responsibility training that we've done. It's been really interesting to hear the lived experience element of the training, which has given our wide range of staff a really new insight into how customers feel and what might be going through their mind. They've also given us a really new refreshing ideas in terms of thinking about the way that we interact with customers that may be at risk of harm. It's been great to hear how we could link their behaviour to what normally happens or conversations about risk and it's been thoroughly engaging and the feedback from our staff has been really positive. We have a vast array of staff that work in many different departments here so they might not have the direct experience of gaming 
So to hear it from people that have both managed in a casino and been through the player's journey as part of a casino has been very educational, not just for people that work in a specific, a gaming specific environment, but also for people that might work in departments not directly linked to the gambling activities that we have here. We're really looking forward to having them here. We've uh, enjoyed working on the pilot and we've seen various iterations of the training. So we're looking now at presenting it to stakeholders within the industry, welcoming them, talking about the training that we've done and just telling everybody about the fantastic benefits of it. So there you go. Question is, what next for Epic? Well, I can tell you that there's going to be an exciting announcement about the future at the 10-year anniversary dinner in Manchester. More on that to come. You know, Epic is rightly proud of all that it has achieved in trying to take the harm out of gambling over the past 10 years. But there's a realisation that there are many more markets to consider where potential for gambling harm exists. So lots of work to do. But for now, it's time to wrap up this special edition of the Gambling Harm podcast. And in order to do that, who better to leave you with than a selection of people who make it happen day in, day out. Thanks for joining us. See you all next time. In the US, the risk is just much greater. You've, you've got so many more people there gambling in different ways, and it's based on a foundation of black market gambling. The US market right now is 10 years behind the UK market. I think it is imperative that we, you know, we get in there early. So the levels of harm that could and are occurring in the US are unprecedented anywhere in the world. We're seeing such massive growth in terms of the way gambling is evolving in the United States market. A new state pretty much every month seems to be legalising gambling. We've just got to get there ahead of the curve and make sure we stop harm from occurring at source. And here at Epic, we know we can mitigate that risk. So going over to America and mitigating risk over there makes a lot of sense. To put it simply, the harm hasn't happened yet. Um, and that's what we're about, right? You get there before it happens and you stop it happening. So we've got a chance to do in the US what we didn't get the chance to do in the UK. Having that expansion over in the US, we're giving people with lived experiences a new life. Being involved with the legislation and helping helping them hopefully navigate the, the changes that are obviously ongoing. I think for me, the way Epic have grown in the US has been one of the big success stories of the company in its entire history because it can be so difficult to manage a company from one country and deliver another, but we seem to do it so seamlessly. I think the most rewarding part is seeing the buy-in in the very early days of a, uh, a licensed gambling industry. 